Welcome back to another special edition of the Three Crosses podcast. My name is Danny Strange, and I am your host in these editions as I sit down with Pastor Larry and talk about the transition plan that's going on where on January 6th, I'm stepping into his shoes as senior pastor at Three Crosses. And so this conversation today, you will be blessed to hear Larry's perspective standing on this vista looking back at the last 23 years. The question I asked him is, what are you most thankful for. If you missed the sermon Thanksgiving weekend about this, you need to download it now and listen to it. It's powerful and amazing. And today we dive a little bit deeper into Larry's emotion about thankfulness regarding his tenure in leadership at our church. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) This is fall is here. Yep. The leaves are turning. Yep. It's colder. It's colder, and we're in a season where we're talking about thankfulness. I, mm. Today, we're sitting down um, to chat a little bit about a sermon that's coming out Thanksgiving weekend, where you're talking about your thankfulness for the tenure that you've had over the last 23 years in this role, and also the 38 real years of being here on staff. Mm. Um, you shared with us at the prayer night that that was an emotional sermon for you to prepare. Can you mm. tell us a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah, wow, it really was. You know, I, first of all, yeah, I love this time of year. Anyway, you know, it, it always kind of comes down to these last couple of months where you where you kind of reflect on the year and you think about how good God has been, and and you see, you know, the rhythm of you know the challenges too. But it always seems to like crystallize for me in November. This kind of like, okay, we're coming down, you know, and we're and we're going to crescendo with the birth of Christ, the mm-hmm. celebration of God's people, the birth of Christ, and all of our production outreaches, which for me are very tender and beautiful and. Um, and I just see myself in the wings kind of looking out and that last little poignant moment where it all comes together and the baby is there. And, and we think about this is God's love, you know, for people. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's really my favorite time of year. You know, it's it, always people talk about that Christmas, but I think like from right now all the way to the end. And what makes it even more special for me this year is just thinking about, you know, not panning back over just over the year, but thinking about 23 years and thinking about 38 years and, um, and not, you know, Hopefully, God willing, I've got some more years here, but just seeing kind of a big chapter kind of changing, you know, for Mm -hmm. me. And so when I sat down to write this sermon, you know, um, when I talked to the staff a few, uh, a couple months back, you know, I shared this passage and it's uh, Philippians 1 where Paul writes, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And it is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending or confirming and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And when I read that to the staff, I felt like God gave me that like, before we roll everything out to our staff, I was asking God, give me a passage of scripture that really mirrors my heart. Mm -hmm. And this was it. I mean, it was just like, wow. And uh, so I had decided that I would preach this section, you know, coming up in a few months. And so when I sat down to prepare this message and started walking down through all the things that Paul was thankful for, um, it just, it just overwhelmed me. Um, and it may overwhelm me here today because I was, you know, I, I see something in this text about memories. I see something about prayer. I see something about fellowship, persevering grace, the gospel, godly affection, all these things that, you know, I felt like this is what I want to say to our people, you mm-hmm. know. And as I started writing it out and thinking about what those things mean, 
I was just flooded with memories. I was uh, I was listening to some worship music that was kind of off in the background. So it was kind of a, you know, <laughs> I just felt like I was in this moment with the Lord and it was just me and the Lord. And so, yeah, it was very emotional. I, I went through about a half a box of Kleenex and it was, it was funny because Carla was out shopping, uh, doing, I was home alone and I found myself just kind of blubbering. And it wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't an anguish cry. It was just, it was just a thankfulness cry, a, a blessing. I would find myself laughing in the midst of sort of, you know, if someone would have walked in, they might've thought, you know, is this guy having a breakdown or what, you know, because it was so kind of up and down, you huh. know, but it was beautiful. It was, it was kind of like a moment within the moment for me. Did it, did it feel like the, uh, kind of the tears that come at a funeral or the tears that come at a wedding or it, something else? Kind of both. Huh. Because, you know, there is a grieving that's going on here, you know, to be honest, because something that I've loved and I've longed to do all my life is changing, and yet willfully so. Like, I felt like the Lord has prompted me to change it. Um, so that's, that's there is a, a, a grieving process, but it really is more, I think, overshadowed by the, uh, the blessing process, the fact of, look at what God has done. You know, look at, I've been a part of something so amazing that the more I realize, you know, the more I think about it, I realize I had so little to do with it. You know, I feel like I've kind of been carried along and God is kind of like stopping me and saying, look at all the stuff that I've done. And this had nothing to do really with you, you know, like thankfully, you know, and and yeah, I had to participate in it. And I'm sure there were times where, you know, I short circuited what God could have done, you know, um, I think of that poem, I don't know who wrote it, but there's someone that once wrote, uh, when I look back over the course of my life and see the trails I've walked down, where I see, if I were to see where I checked him here and blocked him there, um, uh, would would there be grief in my Savior's eyes, grief though he loves me still? And it kind of goes on. And I just think, I'm sure there were moments where uh, I have missed God's plan and so there's kind of emotion with that too. It's like, you know, you realize, wow, there could have been even better things. But anyway, I'm just grateful. And it was a, it was kind of a, it wasn't all day, but it was, I think maybe the first part of the day in kind of pouring through this stuff, it was a very emotional time. And were these the things that kind of you're getting glimpses of in your mind and excited for, or thinking about, are these like the emotions with that, are they new? Like, have you... Did you feel those emotions at the time? Were you just realizing now? Like, mm. wow, look at all that. I never saw that all before. Kind of turning yeah. around and seeing the vista of where you've come. Or yeah. are these things that you've experienced those along the way and now it's all of them at the same time? That's a great question, Danny. I, I It was kind of like, yeah, the latter. You know, it's like seeing, um, seeing these things over time, having those moments where you're on the vista and looking out and thinking how great God is. And then sort of now being in a place where all of those moments where you saw the great things that God has done were sort of like uh, accumulated. And it was almost, that's what probably was overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. And even as I think about that, I get emotional thinking about how faithful God has been, um, how beautiful he has been to me and our family and our ministry. And um, yeah, can never stop thanking him. Well, you have a, an image at the, I think it was at the end of your sermon talking about just kind of walking out um, of one of our outreaches and thousands of people have mm. come up and it's all quiet and you're mm. coming down the bricks towards your car. And I just, you know, I've been there too, not as much yeah. as you have. So yeah. for me, it's like, that's a, such, such a tangible memory of mm. like something amazing just happened. Yeah. And there's this exhale in those moments. Yeah. Um, and yet I feel like what, you, what you're experiencing in that survey preparation is not just that. It's not like, yeah. wow, look how amazing it was. There's also like you're saying that morning of, mm. you know, the, 
and again, it's not the last time, but I was yeah. like going down those steps for the last time feels different yeah. than every Easter, every Christmas, every yeah. summer musical coming out thinking, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought you... about that. I've thought about, you know, yeah, there will be a time where I'm walking down those steps for the last time as a senior pastor or mm-hmm. leading mm-hmm. and, and yet, you know, there's also sort of a an exhale of of uh, relief too, in the sense that now it's someone else's turn, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of take that that place. And we all have all all of our listeners right now, you know, they're in their respective places, and they have a season to do what God's called them to do, and uh, they should do it with all their might, like Ecclesiastes says, whatever your hand finds you do, do it with all your might, mm-hmm. because you know um, there's going to come a day where that changes. How how do you feel like that experience would be different if you were uh, like what we talked about, you're not doing. If you were leaving, uh, finishing yeah. your job and then disappearing, moving to Nevada or something, <laughs> uh, how how is the fact that you're sticking around tempered the experience mm. for you? Yeah, I think um, I think it's just great. It's been very consoling to me to realize that the thing that I love to do, that I've always loved to do most about this position is that I'll continue to do, um, continue to meet with people, continue to help them in their spiritual crisis, continue to kind of urge a younger generation on. I've got these, you know, spiritual kids and people that I pour into and, uh, feel like I've got, you know, like, um, uh, kind of a blue sky, uh, opportunity in all of those areas. And I love doing that. And so that's been very consoling. I would think how terrible it would be to feel like the last time I'm walking down these steps as senior pastor is maybe the last time I'm having ministry in a local church. You know, mm-hmm. I think I, I would really feel for someone that had that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they were so burned out and just needed to like, you know, be gone, you know, and there's some fatigue in me for sure. And I'm looking forward to a little break, but, um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how we'll settle out with a, a new rhythm and a new mm-hmm. pattern supporting you, uh, getting behind a prayer movement that will, you know, uh, really ask God to do great and mighty things through your ministry and for the next season, for the new generation, for all that that's going to take place. Mm-hmm. So that's, I get, re- that's kind of stokes the fire. What's how, how much is there, of that emotion that you're feeling is this regret of like, Oh no, like I, maybe I made the wrong decision or I did this too soon or I should not have rung that bell. Oh yeah. No, none. Zero. (laughs) Zero. Zero. I'm going to 100 zero. (laughs) Seriously. Because, because I feel so confident that God had spoken that this is the time. And I honestly, I have felt, you know, I, I mean, there's, there's no regret. There's a sense of um, grief mm-hmm. because it's like, uh, or loss, you know, like this is going to be different for me, but no regret because I feel like this is the time. And to, to, if someone were to tell me, oh, you know, uh, I think you should do it another year or whatever. I, I think that would be really hard for me, even though I could do it with mm-hmm. God's strength, you know, if for some reason you decided, hey man, I'm not ready or whatever, which mm-hmm. I know you wouldn't say, but if some circumstance came out that that was the necessary thing, uh, of course, I love our church and love mm-hmm. the people, but I would, that would probably be where regret would come in. <laughs> <laughs> I, think there, I feel like there's, it's such a gift to receive from the Lord mm-hmm. that yeah. not everyone gets and we yeah. don't get all the time of that clarity. Yeah. And I think there's only been a couple times in my life, mm-hmm. I think I'm, most crystallized like the the moment when god called me into pastoral ministry mm-hmm. was a moment that was unmistakable for me that mm-hmm. if anyone asked me you know did you ever regret being a pastor do everything maybe i'm doing something else it's just an easy answer because well, no because yeah. any moment that i would think oh maybe i should do this or that i quickly just think well no like there was a moment in my life that's mm-hmm. very rare 
that the God of the universe told me as a human to do this one thing <laughs> and preach the Bible, counsel people with the scriptures. Like that's, that's what I do. And because God told me mm. to, and mm. you know, it feels like it'd be nice if all of life was like that, but, yeah. I, but it is very rare. Yeah. And I think a beautiful gift that God gives us mm. sometimes to allow that release where Amen. it's, I could see regret being a lot bigger if you just, you know, yeah. not arbitrarily, but if you just right. through the, means that you have at your disposal chose in wisdom to make this decision. I could see it being more of a second guessing, like, yeah. did I choose right? right. Uh, but boy, that's, that's a that's super to, insight to receive. I think, yeah, the calling of God in your life and then the release of that particular calling, you mm-hmm. know, for the time, the season, because God called me to ministry. He didn't call me to be a senior pastor, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, um, the role changes, but the calling doesn't, but now there's a new release in terms of this is not the role anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was so clear to me. And that's been clear for a while, you know, like, I mean, that's been coming, you know, asked me three years ago or even two years ago. And I said, Oh, you know, I'm not sure about when the role should change, but you know, ask me six months ago, I feel like I got a pretty clear mm-hmm. beat on it. So yeah. I'd love to take a little bit of time and talk about, you know, the first point of your sermon is the study of thankful for memories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you look back over the last um, decades of your role as a senior pastor and, and in our church and in church in general, mm. what are some of those memories that stick out to you? Is like, man, that was amazing wow. that God did that, or I loved that, or that really, you know, that's a that's an image that really encapsulates what I'm all about. Well, wow. that's a great that's a great question. You know, as I think about that, I think it comes down to moments with people. Uh, and it could be a moment like in a big setting with lots of people could be like a, you know, a, a Christmas or an Easter or a summer musical where there's just something so beautifully unique happening and you sense like you're a part of it. And someone is sort of like having an experience where they're waking up to the God of the universe and that they are loved by him and that they have a care. And I think it comes like in after a big event, well, okay, a personal moment, like watching those events happen and God speaking to me in those moments. Like, you know, I mean, we're amateur actors and singers and stuff, but the but the pageantry and the the setting is so beautiful in the, in all three of those kind of venues that there've been moments where God just is like speaking to me, like this is big, this is huge, this is me communicating my love to people. And so there's that kind of moment. And then there's the moment out in the lobby or um, in the auditorium somewhere or in the invitation where you sense so clearly that the Spirit of God is opening people's hearts to the truth of what they're seeing or experiencing there. And so there's that moment where um, where maybe afterwards you're talking to somebody and you've seen their eyes tear up and they say, tonight, everything, this was about me. Or when you when you said I needed to come, that there were people here that needed the gift that God has for them in his son Jesus, I realized in that moment that it was me that God was speaking to, that I needed his gift. And those, those moments are like so beautiful because you realize there was an intersection of, of God's divine eternal plan for a person's life on an on a date in time at two zero zero two zero six zero zero John Drive, and I think that's so awesome. And I remember Pastor Jake used to be so great about kind of reminding because we get a lot of people that you know have those moments, and then sometimes you don't even see those people. Mm-hmm. Like what happened to those people? And you try to encourage them, come on back, and and you realize it's a really like some people are just really quick to respond to the gospel, but then they're not so sure about what does that mean to respond to a church or like 
you know, like that whole feeling of like now, you know, now what are these expectations on my life? And Jake was so good at just kind of reminding me that, you know, let God sort out where people need to go in terms of their next steps. Be as clear as we can be about next mm-hmm. steps, but don't get too frustrated or worried about if they're not following the steps that you're telling people to take <laughs> because God has a bigger plan. Mm-hmm. And so there've been people that I've talked to that said, you know, Eight years ago, I came, I heard the gospel, I responded to the gospel, but then I went out and I still had some stuff to work through in my life, but I knew that God was with me like he'd never been before. Jesus was in my life and I was wrestling to start a whole process in my life. And here I am back. And so that was a span of like eight years. And you go, wow, like, wow. And those have happened so many times. And I know you've had similar experiences and you'll have many more where you just see how these seeds get dropped and people experience something and, and yet you don't really see the full picture until much later. Mm. And that's, that's, so moments like that are huge. Um, I think intimate moments with people uh, that are going through really tough times where you felt like there was like you're just on sacred ground with somebody and their life maybe is just coming undone, but they're calling for help, or they're calling you know, on God, and you happen to be there in that moment. Maybe it's in a hospital room, uh, maybe it's in the prayer room at church, where, where there's a true crisis in somebody's life, but suddenly you're aware that they have entered into that sacred space where God is actually giving them uh, what they need in that moment. And those are just, you know, those are the kind of things that you go home and you put your head on the pillow and you say, God, thank you for just using this ministry, using us in such a beautiful way. No credit to us, but just that, God, we were there. We witnessed it. We saw it. Uh, what I love about this, this idea of these moments with interaction with people is that on one hand, you can't fabricate those. Like These are moments right. where God intersects and brings some sort of... Mm beauty through us by his spirit to somebody else and, and we encounter them. And so we can't just make those up. But mm-hmm. at the same time, these are, these are things that we can lean into and pursue in day-to-day life. That these, you're not talking about big things that took you know yeah. six years to do this project. Then we completed it or, you know, right. this big building project, you know, all those things are good too. But mm. um, those moments that seem to be most meaningful you are, for you are moments that all of us can be leaning into day by day. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's one of the things that you keep talking about, things that Jake taught you to, that you've passed on to other people. I think one of the things mm-hmm. that you've taught me and taught us that we pass on to other people is that idea of always leaning into what God is doing and hoping that you can make move. I think the way you put it is move the kingdom ball forward in mm-hmm. some way today Amen. that we don't become a church. We just get stuck in the office and we're doing the day to day and we're making plans Amen. and we're doing business stuff like Amen. that. If you go home and you think, okay, in some way I impacted someone's life for the kingdom Amen. at some level, that's mm-hmm. a good day. That's a good day. And, and I think even <laughs> coming out in that, that sermon on mm-hmm. thankfulness, mm-hmm. there was that concept of, of prayer and being thankful for prayer. And I feel like even in, mm-hmm. in recent years, you've mm-hmm. had more of a, a deepening in your understanding mm-hmm. of the role of God in prayer for individuals and almost fanning into flame those moments and mm-hmm. looking to, to grow those more. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that? that season of your ministry in life? Well, sure. Um, yeah, I mentioned in that sermon, you know, the, how God put names on my heart and, uh, you know, I, I got this, you know, when we started doing our ordination services and kind of exhorting our candidates that are being ordained, you know, that in the old Testament where, you know, Aaron wore the breastplate, uh, that had, um, 
the 12 tribes of Israel, you know, and it says, so thus their names will always be over your heart before the Lord. And it, that was just such a visual thing for me to think about, you know, the names of God's people, you know, of course the 12 tribes, and then those all represented all those names and you read them in the book of numbers. And it's like, you know, it's like all these people, it's crazy that those names meant something to God. And so, um, you know, I, I think I think I've shared that my greatest breakthrough of prayer has come as a result of my greatest failings in prayer. You know, it's like I there's been just long seasons in my life where I've just prayed on the spot for people, but just kind of almost quickly forgot what was going on with them. And so a few years back, I don't know, it's been maybe three years now, which I wish this should have been a part of my life much earlier, but God just kind of reminded me or kind of prodded me to like not only pray for people in the moment, but then to remember them and, and to even commit to say, Hey, well, I'm going to pray for you for the next 30 days, or I'm going to, for the next few weeks, I'm, you're going to be on my heart. And what happens even in those situations, those people still end up staying on my prayer list. And so the list gets longer and longer and longer. It's kind of funny. And, and I'm not a legalist about it. I, I, I was for a period of time thinking like, we got to get through this prayer list every day, but the, the number, the numbers are staggering. There's just, just so many people in this list now of people in our church and, uh, leaders and pastors and, and, um, people I meet in the fire department and people I know in the community and my Andrew list. And it's just, um, and my own family. I mean, they're the first pages of the book, you know? And so going through those people and I try to, on a daily basis, try to get through the whole book and, and it's, uh, it's a good exercise because it reminds me that any moment where I've got some discretionary time is a moment to pray. And the greatest thing I can do for people is to pray for them. And that's to me, like, that's such a great resource that I can do something for someone that is irreplaceable and I don't even have to talk to them. You know, like sometimes I think people, it's funny for me to think about people like on my Andrew list, they have no idea that every day I pray for them. And then of course, it's not just prayer. I look for opportunities to like bring a message of encouragement or the gospel to them, or even a very intentional, like, Hey, I need to sit down and talk to you and kind of break things out that way. And you see, you see movement in people's lives. And sometimes you don't see movement and, but you realize still, I'm going to trust God's word that, uh, the best thing I can do for someone is to pray for them. So I just feel very, you know, convicted about the fact that I, I have been so prayerless in my life in lots of ways. And as a pastor, it's kind of hard to admit that, but you know, I, I mean, I'd have my little quiet time and pray and kind of commit the day to the Lord and commit like some urgent things in my heart. But I'm really trying to keep a daily dialogue where Paul says, you know, in Thessalonians, he says, pray without ceasing. You know, and I think, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I think I'm learning what that means. It means like in any moment, you're just thinking about people and needs and situations and and it can get a little, you know, um, perfunctory or whatever, if you're just kind of going through a list. And sometimes I find myself, you know, I'm just going to just say the name, just say, you know, and I can go through all these names. But so God slows me down and he says, you know, like, it's not, it's not important that you finish this page. It's important that you think about each person, look at their face, look at their heart, remember what they said and just say, God, hear their heart, hear their need. What are you doing? And that's, that's like, that's such a joy for me. I feel like when, when you talk about this, I get this image of your role being someone who's just constantly knitting and weaving people back into relationship with God mm. and with each other through prayer mm. that you're binding so. us all together and binding us all to God together. Mm. And like you said, it's, there's mm. no pomp and circumstance. You're not advertising it, but it's that essential invaluable work that, mm. you know, without that thread of prayer weaving through our whole community, you can mm. see how people can kind of just mm. separate out and drift away. And, you know, and so there's obviously we connect with humans too, like face to face, but I think yeah. that the power of, 
mm. of prayer. You can see why looking back, you would talk about that being something that you're thankful for. And the apostle Paul in Philippians one yeah. talking about this is something he's thankful for in his prayers all the time when he prays for them. It's even yeah. implicit in the whole thing that right. he's constantly lifting right. them up. And that brings such joy and yeah. thanksgiving. Amen. I feel like you and I are like standing back to back right now in a sense where like you're looking back mm-hmm. at this season and you see all these amazing vistas and beautiful things God did. I, I remember having brief moments like that in life, leaving youth ministry and stepping into kind of adult ministries and feeling like, did I accomplish anything in these mm-hmm. 10 years of youth mm-hmm. ministry? And <laughs> and then starting to kind of turn around and see the faces of all these young adults who mm-hmm. came up through our youth ministry mm-hmm. and they're serving in other churches as pastors and leaders, or they're in our congregation volunteering and all that, thinking like, wow, I was a part of that. Like that, that something happened while I was there. And, and I remember the beauty of what that felt mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it seems like you're kind of at a, a larger vista doing that with a whole mm-hmm. um, tenure behind you. Mm-hmm. And then I'm standing in this place, like looking ahead thinking, I have no idea what's going to happen. There's this, it's the beginning of the Oregon trail for me. Uh, what advice do you have for me mm-hmm. as you stand and look back? Um, you know, people always say, Hey, if I could go back and do it all over again, mm-hmm. knowing what I know now, here's what I would do differently mm-hmm. or change. Maybe through the lens of this idea of memories and watching God work. What are some things that, that you would advise me to kind of make well, priority or step into or, not take too seriously or make sure to take seriously Mm. kind of stepping into this blue sky opportunity ahead. Mm. Boy, that's really great, Danny. A couple things. One, one, first of all, um, I got an email this morning from Mike and Becky and, um, they, they were just, you know, I'm getting, these are trickling in now, you know, emails, cards, little people, just not little people, little notes from people saying, uh, well, I've just really appreciate your ministry. And almost all of them have said something about you. Like, uh, Larry, it's been great to be under your leadership for whatever years we've been here and love your teaching. And at the same time, we really love Danny and we're so grateful. And Mike and Becky were saying this morning um, just how beautiful it's been for them to be, to watch you, you know, come through Kaleo. So like mm-hmm. the, one of those Vista points, so like mm-hmm. the impact that you had on them has sort of like transferred them to a new excitement to say that, okay, we've appreciated Larry, but now look what's happening. Now we've got the leader that kind of personally impacted us at a really critical time in our lives is now stepping into that role that we've valued about you. And so I want that to be an encouragement to you that those are those are conversations I'm happen, having with a lot of people as they get excited about your new role and what you're going to be doing. And people are genuinely, like last night at our prayer meeting, there were just people, a few people afterwards that were just really excited. I mean, you just see their smile break out saying, you know, Larry, we, we love you and we're, you know, we're gonna be praying for you, but we're so excited that Danny's stepping into this. It feels like for a younger generation, it feels like there's like this new life that's coming back in. And and not in a way like it was dead before, I hope. Um, and I don't think so. It was more of just like, this is now, there's a new generation. And I, that to me is very exciting. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, you know, in terms of just some advice or encouragement to you, which I know we've talked about and, and you know, frame these things in different ways. But you know, keeping the gospel at the center, you know, Paul talks about this, you know, in this passage, he says, you know, our fellowship with the, uh, he says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And what, what thrilled Paul was realizing these people were in at heart and soul with the gospel. And I think for me, it was a great, you know, Jake passed that to me, like keep the gospel in the Mm -hmm. center of everything. You know, it's, it's the gospel that changes lives. It's not programs. It's not clever teachings. It's, it's just the gospel. Jesus changes people. And, um, and so keeping the gospel a real focus in your life and ministry, personally, I tell pastors, and I have a, a heart for pastors in this, that sometimes we can get very focused on the gospel work on the pastoral side, but then we're really kind of almost 
uh, numb or non uh, effective in the in the personal work. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it really has to go hand in hand. I think for there to be a gospel ministry in the pulpit, there's got to be gospel ministry in the private sector of mm-hmm. our lives. And so when I say keep the gospel the focus in everything you do, you know, the people you get to know in your neighborhood, the people that, um, which I know you're doing, and it's a, it's a blessing to just kind of always be nudging people toward um, a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And realizing that every seed that comes along is not going to produce for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes there's an immediate. But um, I'm thinking of a, a young lady that I think we've mentioned in church and told some stories about. But, you know, I met with her in a little uh, coffee shop because she had seen such a change in her brother's life. And she was just kind of taken back by that. And she wanted to meet. And she was open to talking to me because she knew me from the gym I attend. And, uh, and so I said, yeah, let's get together. We talked. She read through the Gospel of John and, um, you know, kind of, in fact, I saw her, you know, several weeks later and it, it felt to me like maybe things had cooled off a little bit. Um, and so, but I just kept praying, just she's on my, you know, Andrew list and just thinking about her. And uh, and so I saw her at the gym um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, like a week ago last Sunday or Friday. And I said, Hey, um, I'm still looking for you on a Sunday because she had not attended our church service yet. Mm -hmm. And she said, Hey, I was going to surprise you. I think she said something like, but I'm going to be there Sunday. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Well, then I didn't see her on Sunday, but we gave an invitation at the end. And, uh, and I just felt led. We don't always do this, but I'd felt led. Like if you're coming to Christ today for the first time, you know, just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. And the lights were down. It was dark. And um, I think it was the first service a week ago, Sunday, and I saw this hand in the front. I see, I see that hand right there. Well, I saw her a few days later, and I just said, hey, did you end up coming? Because I didn't even see her. I thought we'd bump into each other in the lobby or something, and we didn't. And she says, yeah, I was there, actually. I was the one that raised the hand in the front. You said I was there. And oh, all wow. of a sudden, it hit me. She came to know Christ. And I was like, I'm like, I was kind of choked up about it. I was like... So you're telling me you, you raise your hand to trust in Christ. She goes, yeah, I did. And my brother, I told my, I said, did you tell your brother? He goes, yeah, he was just so excited. And and I'm like, and she just like rolling this off, like, you know, of course, you know, this is like all makes sense to me, you know? And it was just, it was a beautiful moment to just see her life so uh, changed in, in that moment of time. So, so that was just, you know, a relatively short period of time. But then, like I said, I've got people I've been praying for. Danny for years and years. And, um, and, you know, sometimes I ask the Lord, I go, Lord, should I stop praying for these people? You know, cause I don't see any movement, you know, like they're good friends. They love me. I am intentional as I can be almost to the point of offense, you know, like, Hey, I, I don't think you're going to heaven. If you die today, <laughs> I'm concerned for you. Yeah. They go, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, it's like, but the, the fine part is not really mm-hmm. fine. You know, it's all based on their good works and the things that they're thinking is going to get them there. And, and yet, you know, so God just tells me, you know, well, you know, it's like that old saying of not throwing your pearls before swine, you know, like you could end up wasting a lot of time with people. So I'm always asking God, like, you know, is this, does this matter? Does it count? So I'm just trying to listen to the spirit and I guess I'm rambling here, but I'm just saying to you, um, uh, just keep the door open for people and keep praying for people in your life and, mm-hmm. and, uh, keep planting the seeds. I think that's, what's amazing about that advice is it comes from a place of looking back and realizing that's what you're most thankful for are mm. these, these men and women and kids who've come to Christ throughout the years that God has used you to impact them for eternity in some way, whether mm. you planted the seed or watered it, whatever, but God yeah. made it grow in them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
So it makes total sense to think the thing that you look back and think, okay, these are the moments that mm. make all the difference yeah. are the moments you're saying. So lean into that. that that's what life's all about. That's, yeah. And that's probably, that is, that's not a new realization for you. You've been saying that to us mm. as a staff and to me personally for a long, long time mm. that you've always known this is, mm. this is why we exist. This yeah. is what life's about is to Amen. see life transformation as people learn to follow Christ. And um, so it's, a emotional gift to be able mm. to look back and see the way Amen. God impacted you in that way. Amen. I I think about this concept of thankfulness and I'm thinking about, there are probably some people in our church who are very, I know there's a ton of people who are very thankful for you, mm. but I think there are some people who are so thankful for you that this news mm. is devastating to them. <laughs> you know, that like, wait, Larry's the, he led me to Christ. So he's mm. the one who he's been caring for my soul for, mm. for years. I sit under his teaching. He has, God has used him to transform me in mighty ways. And now you know, he's walking down those stairs for the last time a senior pastor mm. and you know, their tears aren't tears of joy, but mm. there's this, the mourning that you talk about that mm. they're experiencing too. Mm. I don't know if you've talked to people who've said that to you, but if someone did, mm. if someone was in that mm. place in a beautiful, mm. Larry, you don't understand how much you've impacted me. This is mm. so hard for me. Mm. What do you, what do you say to that person? Uh, okay, oh, wow. Well, first of all, it's probably a very rare person. I've talked to those people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I have something really in my heart to say about this because once in a while people say, and I know they say this to you, like, well, that was such an incredible message. You know, when you speak, it's like God is just speaking right to me. And so I, I'm really quick to remind people, and I didn't get it for a while. You know, in fact, in my earlier years, I kind of thought, wow, I must have done a pretty good job there. You know, and you can get kind of fleshy and like, you know, I've got this, this is, this preaching thing is going good. And of course God humbles you too. Cause then people come up and say, you're terrible. That was awful. You know, <laughs> you know, usually they're, they're family members that yeah. tell you that. But anyway, um, I'm being a little silly, but I remind people, I say, look, you know, the reason why you felt such a great connection there was because your heart was open to the Lord and I'm just a messenger. I'm just a, I'm a table servant. I'm bringing the food out and I'm putting it before you and you're loving it because the master prepared it for you and it was just for you. And, and when they kind of get that, they realize, um, oh, okay. And then I, I take it to the next step and I say, so it really doesn't matter. You know, um, you've been connected to me and you maybe put a little too much emphasis on the fact that it's me bringing this to you, but it's, and, and I, you know, I get it. Cause there are people that have really spoken to my life as pastors and preachers, teachers. And so there's a, a, a special affinity there. But I also realize it really has to more to do with the affinity of my own heart for the Word of God and for the proclamation of God's Word. And so I just lovingly remind people that, you know, I will quickly be forgotten in that sense. And I mean that in a not a self-abdicating way. I just, I will quickly be forgotten because God's Word, when it's proclaimed in power and integrity and love for people, um, is what transforms their lives. Mm-hmm. And so they will make that attachment to the next leader, messenger of their lives. And hopefully they won't, you know, the, the toxic side of that is idolatry and, you know, pedestal worship, you know, these pastors that become like these popular, you know, they're amazing. Um, and so I've, I feel for people like, you know, I could mention names, I think of the Francis Chans or whatever that are so amazing. And, and Francis is one of those humble guys I've ever met and talked to, but he's, and he's the quickest one to say, this is God at work. But there are a lot of people that just look at a guy like him and like, they wouldn't listen to anybody else mm. or whoever their favorite pastor is. Anybody that's sort of that attached to somebody, I realize, you know, that there's a, there could be a real problem in their spirit, uh, you know, because really, if you just get connected to the Lord and his word and love it, that the messenger is secondary. So I just encourage people that way. And I know they're going to love you for all the right reasons. You love God's word. You love 
truth. You preach it passionately. It's definitely a part of your life. And um, man, I can't wait. I, I can't wait. I, I've always loved your preaching too. I think you speak into real powerful things, uh, important things in people's lives, including myself. And so I know that this is going to be a great new transition for our church. And you preach in a different way than I do, and it'll be great for a new voice. I think, you know, that thing of those people, like you said, there's some folks who are inappropriately connected with a certain person. Mm-hmm. And I think in our, in our church, I don't see that a, a lot. I yeah, feel I'm like, thankful um, for that. We've had a culture where there's not a lot of pedestals, not a lot of... Yeah people trying to, you know, say, Hey, look at this guy. He's amazing. You know, and you've done that intentionally as a leader to say, we're not going to put people on pedestals. And so I feel like for the most part, we've got a lot of folks who kind of have that same mix of emotions that you've had of, there is a grief that someone who has been so impactful in their life and God has used that individual for so many years is not going to serve in that same way anymore. Mm-hmm. And then like you're experiencing this a mix it is probably a different percentage at every person of mm-hmm. excitement for what might be next. And maybe it's because they like me, or maybe it's because they have that mature view that you're advocating that they understand, Hey, it's God through all these different servants. And you know, I've been thinking a lot about that Paul Apollos passage where mm-hmm. you know, the, the verse that strikes me is when he says, what is Paul? What he doesn't even say yeah. who, right? It's like yeah. the, what? Uh, it's just <laughs> that it's a thing, right? What is Larry? What is, what's a Danny? You know, we're, we're just servants, messengers mm. of God, that kind of thing. Mm. And, um, and so I think it is, you know, I, I don't judge anyone for, for the sadness. And I don't feel hurt when someone shows how sad they are that this change is happening. Like, oh, mm. no, you don't like me enough. You know, I feel mm. like that's just that's a beautiful testament to the way that mm. God has worked through you mm. to really impact that individual through, through you and your personality mm. and your giftedness and your heart and your care for them. And mm. um, I, think the, I think that's a, a beautiful balance that, that we can all experience is this mix of grief. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm losing a pastor. I, I yeah. now who's my senior pastor? <laughs> um, and so for me, even for me, there's I'll this still grief. Be your of, senior yeah, pastor. thank you. Uh, <laughs> there's this mix of I, this thing that we've had that's been so beautiful together is changing, mm-hmm. and an excitement of hey, there's some exciting things on the horizon. And so I know I speak mm-hmm. for thousands of people when I say we're thankful for you. Mm-hmm. We're thankful for the ministry mm-hmm. that that you've given to us through the the ministry of the Word weekly through. Mm-hmm personal care and prayers. And I know I'm on that list. I'm sure James is on your list. Like James get- didn't make the cut. No. <laughs> James is there. Uh, so a little Cali too. And I think there's a, there's a thankfulness too that just the fact that you're not and going pressure. anywhere mm-hmm. means that you can't be my pastor. It means that mm-hmm. I know it's all going to be a different capacity and we're all going to have to have a, a different way of life, but I'm still going to get stuck and know, have no idea what to do, but I know where you're going to be and I'm going to find you and you're going to be willing to talk to me about those things. And um, so I think there's a, all of it brings Thanksgiving to me. Um, I'm thankful to be stepping into a church that's so healthy in terms mm. of every metric that you can imagine of just mm. people who are cared for, a church that understands the right priorities that we've cared for people so that they might meet Jesus for a long, long time. And kept shepherding the folks who are here. And so I just feel like the, everything that we're stepping into in this next season is as healthy as can be. And so I'm probably the most person, <laughs> the most thankful of anyone for that. Um, but I, I think there's a, you know, as you're in the season of thankfulness, you're, you express that you're, you're having some folks coming and I know there are more than we'll ever write you notes mm. or so thankful, including me. And mm. I can write you a note um, of how thankful we are for oh, your spiritual you. leadership in our lives. And more than mm. that, your, mm willingness to submit to the spirit and give him glory and God, the father and Christ, the glory for everything that has happened. 
because that just sets us up for a beautiful continuity of the spirit working through us in our community. So thank you on behalf of all of us. Thank you. And we'll keep talking, but today, Thanksgiving. Thank I'm, you. I'm very humbled by that and can never, I'll never stop thanking God for this season in my ministry. My life, um, these 23 years have been just a, a beautiful, amazing experience, you know, filled with pain in some ways, um, but a lot of uh, joy, mostly joy and, um, and God's goodness. Mm. I'm grateful. I'll never stop thanking him. Here's to 23 more. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for another special edition of the podcast today. And the image from this conversation that is probably going to impact me the most moving forward is that beautiful picture that Larry gave us of him as a table servant bringing out a meal, a beautiful meal that Christ himself has prepared for us as individuals in the congregation. I think that just gives us a beautiful glimpse into Larry's humility, his passion, and his just perceived role is what it means to be a pastor and a leader in God's church. I hope you're blessed by the podcast today. Keep listening to these. We'll do a few more as we move into the future. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next time.